Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I'm joined by Chris Sherrod and Chris Legg. This is Reconstructed Faith. Hello and welcome back to the Reconstructed Faith podcast. I'm Colson Lechner alongside my partners in crime, Chris Sherrod and Chris Legg. Uh, how are you doing, guys? Great. Good. 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 Yeah. Good. Merry Christmas. M- yeah, Merry Christmas. It's Christmas time around here. Um, <laughs> around here? I don't know why I, I said that. I think in it's Christmas world. time most everywhere. I think you're probably right. <laughs> Unless you're listening to this at a different time in Could which be. it, it okay, might not be Christmas. Okay, that's an excellent point. True. Okay, that's an excellent Guys, point. Guys, I wanted to bring something up as we get our conversation started. Um, just hanging out on social media the other day, and I saw somebody comment on, they were commenting on some comments that Matt Chandler made um, back in August about deconstructing faith. And so let me just read kind of a little tweet that this person said. Um, so basically it says the reductive language here, again, we're not, we're not really going to unpack any of what Matt Chandler said, other than the fact that this says, if you quote, if you really experienced Jesus, you wouldn't deconstruct speaks volumes. Also Chandler calling deconstruction a sexy fad as if we weren't all, or if we all weren't neo-Calvinist Theo bros in 2011. Pot and kettle, Matt. So essentially, I don't know if you'd call it reductive language or whatever, but like, maybe that's not even the right word, but like reducing what people actually, Mm. like their experiences or whatever. Kind Um, of dismissive. Dismissive, dismissive, exactly. Um, Oversimplifying. Right. (laughs) And so that was was like, okay, I know that we are not, that's not what we're saying on our podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I think it would be valuable because this is a conversation that people are having. I I saw this posted because somebody who I know who Mm -hmm. deconstructed their faith commented on that. And so it's like, okay, how how are you as we're having these conversations specifically about this how would you address that well i think our initial response was mm-hmm. it for some people it is the sexy thing to do right now yeah so you got to be honest with that mm-hmm. and just say are you actually doing this or is it you really have had all these questions and now you feel safe right to bring them up mm. because before you felt like it's almost like your uh community capital yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the social mm-hmm. capital. But before, capital. I, I knew too many people or I was still involved in too much of a ministry or that mm-hmm. bubble right? that it would have been too scandalous then, but now I'm removed from that or I'm older. And so now I feel safer to do that. But we're, yeah. hopefully we're not giving the impression here right. that we're flipping about it. Yeah, There are people that have pretty bad reasons or oh, haven't yeah. thought through their reasons very well. Yeah, right. And I don't know, we, we were looking at... Um, uh, the Babylon Bees thing on, you know, someone who deconstructs yeah, uniquely, yeah. uniquely just like everyone else. Yeah, if you haven't something. seen that, we'll probably link that in the show notes. But what were you going to say yeah, specifically and, about that? So even even though, I mean, that that's, you know, stereotypes like that are funny. And there's obviously plenty of, I mean, Babylon Bee has spent a long time mocking Christ, Christians and Christianity from right. within, appropriately so. But um, I think, you know, we don't ever want to, like you, like you said, we don't treat it flippantly. Yeah, um, there are funny stereotypes in almost every situation, and and some of those are pretty darn funny. Right. I think for some people, it is like you said, a sexy fad, or like um, 
which who which pastor was it who allegedly said it? Who was being? Oh, psyched? sorry, Matt Chandler. Matt Chandler. And so I've not heard. You know, we've not heard the whole sermon, and we've not right. heard the context and all of that. But there are certainly sometimes there are people who get caught up in a fad like this, and then you and it's that's that that can be true. That also does not discount what they're saying, right, or what they're mm-hmm. experiencing. Like those are Christianity. People can get and become Christians because they're caught up in a fad as well. Yep. And mm-hmm. so um, that's just human nature. Sometimes is to follow the crowd one direction or another. And that's actually, gosh, I'm thinking about what is it? Is it, is it Ephesians four that talks about not being swept yeah. back and forth? Mm-hmm. Um, that just suddenly struck me is that, is that that is Every a wind of teaching. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is an important yeah. concept in, in scripture is that the apostle Paul knows perfectly well, we can get caught up in that kind of stuff yeah. very easily. There it is. So, um, uh, yeah, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, teachers to equip the saints for the ministry, the for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the measure, to the unity of the faith. I'm struggling here. And of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature um, adulthood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, human cunning, craftiness, and deceitful schemes. And consider that so much of what Paul was correcting was not uh, from without. Mm-hmm. It was from within. Yep. Right. And so Christians, and anybody, humans, we are kind of pack animals, and we love to get caught up in where the, we're following along with where we're going. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, yes, that may be the reason for some, but I feel like that would come dangerously close to, like, um, uh, attacking the person rather than attacking the person's arguments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and attacking their motives. Like, oh, you're just saying this because it's a fad. I think you need to be careful that you don't join into this because it's a fad. And yep. yet that doesn't mean there's not plenty to talk about. And as we've said, there's healthy versions of deconstruction. Right. And in fact, on that note, yeah. we thought we'd have a little fun given that it's Christmas time. You don't have a Christmas button somewhere, do you? Let's see. Let's see. I think the pink one was fairy tale. And oh, yay, wow. Christmas. Hooray. <laughs> the yellow yay. button. Uh, the yellow button was that. So we, yes. um, in one of our other podcasts, we run into the button crisis on a regular basis. Uh, I do a bad job of memorizing the button, so it's just become a joke that Colson doesn't know the button, so he just pushes one and I didn't even it's kind know of a we, gamble. I didn't know we had buttons. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we'll learn them sometime. <laughs> I think um, it's funnier when we don't. But, as long as there's a yes. buzz one for when I say balance. That's exactly right. Right. Chris needs it's, to have that one though. <laughs> so I'll buzz me. That's right. <laughs> there you go. We just need a huge buzzer. Um Christmas conversation. Is yeah. exactly right. That's where yeah. we want to go is um, since it's Christmas, we thought we would do a little Christmas deconstruction right. today mm-hmm. on the podcast. Right. Yep. And uh, a lot of the things we were raised with, preconceptions, the things yeah. that our nativity scenes have, uh-huh. et cetera, um, man, I, I think I think those can be, those are the kind of yeah. things that can be really painful for us. Yeah. And if we're not careful, when we learn to deconstruct something that needs to be deconstructed, we end up tossing out yeah. too much. Yeah, and, uh, and and so, so we're that's and, good. So and on our, in our Christmas conversation, just defining Christmas in the biblical sense, right? We're right, not going right. to be talking about Santa Claus or anything, right? right? Um, I this. mean, we could mention Saint Nicholas, but but all that to say is like it'll just to, just so people are listening. Like sure. we're talking probably mainly in the biblical yes, context. Yes, exactly. That's yes. our focus. Okay, Absolutely. Great. <laughs> oh yeah, we could get really carried yeah. away with. But what I think happens because I know we're going to give a lot of examples of this. Oh yeah, <clears throat> is when you take something from someone. Mm-hmm. That they 
have built either in their mind or a picture or everything they've ever seen about something. Right. There's two things that I think of. One is if it's if it wasn't true, then you never really had it in the first place. Like right. it just wasn't true. Right. If you had that idea. So can I just throw out one example? Go for it. A wooden manger. So <laughs> yeah. most mangers, if you go over to Israel, and I think just going to Israel helps with so many <laughs> yeah. stereotypes. Right. Mo- the ones that I saw over there, the ones you see, a lot of them are just right. carved out of stone. Uh, every, every one, Everyone I've seen. Every first century right. uh, manger I've been shown. Right. And so, but the second thing that means is understanding that has nothing to do with your faith. Right, exactly. Like, nothing has been lost. Jesus is still king of the universe. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. But it is still, you have to mourn a little bit and just kind of go, oh. Yes. I just, I guess I was wrong there. But it's yeah. okay. Like, don't. That is, then think, therefore, yes. all of this thing is a fraud. You know, like, don't, <laughs> yeah. don't, throw, don't panic. That is literally the example that I use when I'm teaching people on um, cognitive dissonance. Yeah. How the emotion that we have to finding out we've always been wrong about something. Yeah. And, and it's so shocking and painful for us as humans to do that. that but well, I will put it up on the screen. Because I, I had to deal with it. So it's a little yeah. bit of hazing, to be honest. Yeah. Standing <laughs> in Israel and having a guide say, anybody know what this is? Right. And it's going was that like, the trip I was on? It, it may, oh, yeah, one? yeah, in a way, yeah. yeah. At Megiddo. Yep. When the guy's standing there and he yes. points. <laughs> and now, have you been back? Because uh-huh. now they have the animal cutouts. Yeah. Which is, just ruins the surprise. Oh, no. Funny. Um, but anybody know what this is? And people are like, I got nothing. I mean, uh-huh. it just looks, and he goes, this is a manger. And in particular, it's a first century manger. When Jesus was laid in a manger, when baby Jesus laid in a manger, it wasn't probably, it, we can't know for sure there right. were no wooden mangers. Yeah. But we lost all photos of the <laughs> Exactly. And, uh, but probably it was made out of stone. Mm-hmm. Man. And uh, like you said, theologically, what does that mean? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. And yet it was disturbing. I mean, right. I had to yeah. actually kind of like shake that off. Right. I was like, nope, no, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> I'm not listening. I'm not listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and for, from what you were saying, like, there's a. You said you have a whole list. Oh, gosh. so there's a there are a lot of things that can just be misconceptions. Things we've believed yes. incorrectly about yes. something like Christmas. I have one up in my house right now. Oh, a bunch probably, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's just our nativity scene. And yes, I, it's just the wise men come with the <laughs> yeah, they come with the set, and so yeah. it would be imbalanced like the way it's set up. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So I put it up there, but I should probably tell my children. <laughs> yeah. So two, two years from now, you, two years from now, we'll bring in the wise men. Right. Exactly. Um, it, let's okay. Let's pick on the wise men for a yeah. second because that's a that's a fun one. Pretty much everything we say about the wise men is wrong. And it's because it comes from the song, We, we three, three Kings of Orient Are. Uh-huh. And everything about that, three, we have no idea how many wise men there were. Right. We just know there are three gifts, correct? There are three uh-huh. gifts. Okay. And so does that mean three? By no means does that mean three wise men. In fact, the three gifts, which the rest of the song, by the way, unpacks, and most people don't know that, are very prophetically profound. Yeah. Gold for a king, frankincense for a priest, myrrh for a dead Burial, man. yeah. And so they they had done the work to figure out who who they were coming to see. They knew the scriptures, and they came and brought the correct gifts for a king, a king, a priest, and a dead man. Mm-hmm. And and they wow. knew that. And it's it's very telling and powerful. So again, when you deconstruct the the great value in reconstruction is so cool that you go, yeah. I, what I've had taken from me, they weren't kings. There's nothing about the passage that implies royalty. They were scholars. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, and they weren't from the Orient. They were from 
Persia, almost certainly. We can't know that for sure, but... From the east of Israel? From the east. And so the idea that they came from, I don't know, Mongolia or China or Japan is not really reasonable. (laughs) Right. Especially when you have, you know, somewhere between 200 and 600 years before Hebrew scriptures and Hebrew rabbis and teachers in Persia, like Daniel, Mm -hmm. it makes much more sense that that's who would have had access to it, who would have... Anyway... Um, but the idea there being three, um, and I mean, tradition now, we have them named. None of this is in the Bible. Yeah. Um, what we have are that these scholars from the East came and brought three gifts. Yes. Everything else is invented. And it wasn't all on the same night as the shepherds coming. And see, and, I love, have you seen or, the movie The Nativity? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I love the way they, they did so much with the details and stuff, and yet the same thing at the end of the movie, they're all there. They're all there together. <laughs> and Mary holding newborn Jesus, and there's the wise men. Yep. And oh, it's like, man. did you read that? Or did you know, for the sake of time, we didn't do this? But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Matthew 2, it actually says, at the house, they came to the right. house where right. Mary was, mm. not in the... It's not wherever, yeah. In, okay. Now they are still in Bethlehem, which is intriguing. Right. Sure. And and then with the reason we guess at two years is because when Herod asks them, uh-huh. he wants to kill all the children who might include baby Jesus, and he asks them how long it had been, and whatever answer they give him, which it doesn't say, caused him to kill all the children two years and under, all yeah. the boys two yeah. years and under. Surprisingly, so probably in the two year range, the Jesus Storybook Bible that my kids grew up with, yeah, actually has it correct. Yep. They show Jesus is more like a toddler right? with the wise yeah. men coming to the house. So I was like, okay, good job. Yep, well done. You, you read your Bible as you created the Jesus storybook. <laughs> that's, the Bible. Good. that's good. <laughs> yep. Okay, so okay, the wise men, that's, yeah, so the that's wise a good men. thing to deconstruct. How about, how about Jesus being born on December 25th? There you go. Isn't that, do you think right. it's shocking to people to discover that of all possible dates, this is among the least likely? I, th- yeah. I think, especially, I mean... As a kid, you know, probably late elementary school, hearing that, like, wait, what? Yeah, you know, it just, just, I had no idea. So, can we unpack that a little bit? Like, yeah. what? Absolutely. Um, we don't know what day right. of the year Jesus yeah. was born on. Um, again, it's not particularly significant. Um, it probably would have been fall or spring. Um, in fact, some people have tried to narrow down when Simeon would have been in the temple when his group would have been in the temple. Oh. Hmm. And they say fall, and then spring is for those who, you know, all the animals are outdoors and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And that's, Oh, interesting. So it's hard to, it's really hard to know for sure. Yeah. We don't know for sure. But but the dead of December yeah. um, in Israel is just not a super likely time for this to have all played out. Like to do a census and do all this stuff. Do all the stuff well, that allegedly happened. So the common idea, though, is that the Christians said, we're going to go ahead and take this pagan holiday. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. we're going to make it into one where we celebrate Jesus. Yep. And so that's why it's on December 25th. Yes. Is that the the early church, the Orthodox church early on, intentionally put Christian holidays on top of pagan holidays. Um, and I have actually an extensive article on my website about some of that, so we might we might send people to that. When a minute ago, when you said I, that I have something up in my house, Mm-hmm. That isn't biblical. I thought you were going to say a tree, a Christmas tree. Oh. Um, because that's so many of the things that we use to celebrate Christmas actually have pagan roots. Mm-hmm. Now, as I like to point out, there's no such thing as pagan roots. The pagans didn't invent trees. Right. Druids didn't invent evergreens. God, God did all that. He gets to maintain ownership. Of course, they've been abused by people since then. But 
that's why I'm fine putting up a Christmas tree in my house and, and having even a Yule log or mistletoe, all kinds of things that might have pagan history or, yeah. or whatever. But, um, but that's a, now part of that is interesting even to know that Christmas was not a big celebration in the early church, which is part of why we don't know. Mm. Um, we don't know when he was born because it was several hundred years before the church decided to even mess with that. Um, and I think at first there was a lot of resistance. There was. So don't yeah. don't celebrate that or that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's, I guess it's in Ecclesiastes it talks about not celebrating the day of a man's birth um, or whatever. But I think there's nothing wrong with celebrating the birth of Jesus. I, I, I enjoy it. I think it's great. We are celebrating an event, though not the date. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, no, Easter was the only one that, I mean, Easter is the one that matters right. for Christianity. That's the one that... Um, I mean, a baby being born is cool only if Easter happened. Right. Um, and so that's a, and we do know when that one happened because it's connected to Passover, Passover. and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, um, anyway, that's that's a different issue. What do you think about the idea that the, since they were so close to Jerusalem, yeah. that the shepherds and their sheep could have been part of those that are were used for the daily sacrifices? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's 100% true. Yeah. Um, uh, when we, um, this last time that I went to Israel, we got to go to a place we've never gone, which is in, they have found what they think is a shepherd's cave. And uh, in in Bethlehem, and some argue that this may have actually been where Jesus was given, or where Mary gave birth to Jesus, mm-hmm. would have been in a in a cave like this. Mm-hmm. And we don't, and by the way, from the language, that's another one of those, there was no inn. Inn is almost certainly a mistranslation. Yeah. Um, it could be home, it could be stable, it could be cave, it could be any number of things. Yes. Well, I like what you said yesterday about... Yeah, can you unpack that for the, a second? The family wouldn't let them because of the stigma yeah. of Mary. So I've read this a couple of times. Um, Israel was an honor-shame culture, yeah. still is to some degree, um, which means everything comes down to, does your life bring honor to your family or does your life bring shame to your family? And Mary getting pregnant before being married would have been a great shame probably. And some people think combination of they weren't wealthy, they were very poor. And if there's competition to get a space on the floor in someone's house, mm-hmm. um, even if it's a family member, um, if you, if you haven't seen it, they do a pretty good job with this. Although they have a wooden manger in the chosen's Christmas special. I got to watch it finally okay, last night. I didn't watch it yet. I didn't know that it's about 60% music video, um, which is fun. And there's great songs and all that kind of stuff. But the, about 40% that's a narrative story is very well done. Um, but they show this correctly. Like Joseph, of course, it's not like he could call ahead and check, right? Like there's no way they show that very well. In fact, throughout the whole episode, the the difficulty of communication in the first century. Mm. Um, and so as they're trying to communicate things back and forth, they can't even just send it in. And it's not like there's a, you can't send it in a letter, right? Even that, when people go, why don't they just put it in a letter? Like, well, because there's no <sighs> such thing as a post office. I mean, there's uh, homing pigeon. There, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the only thing you can do is hand it to someone, right? And hope that someday they get to where that letter is supposed to go. Um, but I think so that Joseph is coming into town. He's like, I think this is where my nephew or uncle live, but they could have moved any time in the year since I've been here, right? And they may not let us in. And he goes and says something, and then comes back to Mary and says, "They're they're saying there's no room." And he kind of unpacks, like, I don't know how much of that is we don't have the money, how much of that is they're not really happy with your condition, how much of that is they really just don't have any room, and so they've offered us a place with the animals. And they do a good job of mentioning, and it could be any of those. 
But the idea that that just the, the inn was booked up is totally a Western medieval concept. Right. There were probably no such thing as an inn in 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 uh, Bethlehem. I mean, maybe, but that's another one of those tough ones that when yeah. we read it. So again, a better picture when you suddenly you have them maybe, for example, in a shepherd's cave, which would have been kept immaculately clean because of the point yeah. you were making. Yeah. The firstborn male lamb was the 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 firstborn male lamb was immediately checked for any blemish, and if it had no blemish, it was suddenly worth a small fortune. Yeah, wow. Because that's all you could. That's the only thing you could do for many of the sacrifices. And so the shepherds, even though they weren't high on the organizational chart in society, they they were considered vitally important at this juncture. They're the first ones to get to these lambs. And so they had special sacred cloth given to them from the temple um, that was blessed to wrap firstborn lambs in while they were being evaluated for what they were. And the idea that those those cloths would have been laying around in a shepherd's cave. Yeah, that's true. And that that would be almost... I mean, I actually was convinced years ago that the, the word swaddling clothes there doesn't mean... He'll have cloth wrapped around him. That would not distinguish a baby. Right. It would be that that cloth. It is is the swaddling clothes. You Mm -hmm. will find a human baby wrapped in sheep swaddling cloth, Mm. um, which came from the temple. And I I was was convinced by that years ago that that was right, and they portray that very well in the chosen thing as well. So related to that too, you mentioned <laughs> the the idea that it's like a stable, like a right. ba- like he's born in a barn. Cause again, so many nativity scenes, it's literally like a little barn with right. the, with a roof. And so the idea more, and again, I, I think, I think it was my trip to Israel. Yeah. Even the church in the nativity, yeah. you, you go down there and they're like this little cave and they, they admit <laughs> yes. that it could be a cave. Yes. But that idea that that is more likely where the animals could have been kept. Yep. Again, You've got all these, you know, ideas in your brain that it was a structure. Right. And it, again, it could have been, but yep. it's also more likely that it was. Yeah, a cave like or that. a lean-to or, or mm-hmm. just something carved wow. in the ground. Yeah. So, yeah, those are those are examples of, like, deconstructing something. But here's what, what, what I've learned over the years is when you deconstruct something and instead dig up what's really there, yeah. it's so much better. Right. It's so much better. And so when I deconstruct this little stable – it looks like a, a Middle Eastern, I mean, a, a Middle European stable built in the 1500s with a bunch of, by the way, a bunch of Middle European people sitting around. Right. Not Middle Easterners. Right. Um, that's another thing that needs to be deconstructed is Mary, in almost all these paintings, Mary and Joseph dressed like people born in the 14th century or 15th century, looking. European. They're as European as they can possibly right. be. Um, you mentioned the cave of the nativity, uh, the church of the nativity. Um I, every every time I go, I don't go down in the cave anymore because I, I don't find it very valuable. I don't even hardly go in the church anymore because I don't find it all that valuable, even though it's ancient. Um, but down in the cave, there are paintings, medieval paintings lining the walls down in the cave. And in all of them, baby Jesus is a redheaded. Looks, he looks Irish. <laughs> and, and I always crow because I'm a redhead. And so I always am like, see, we, we all knew he was born perfect. Like, here's the, <laughs> um, but the idea of Jesus being born as a stark white redhead is just absurd. Right. It needs to be deconstructed. Yep. He needs to look like, I don't know, a Jew, a Middle Eastern 
first century Jew, whatever that looked like. And there's great now, great art done to show some of that stuff. Uh, well, but so many Jesus paintings, he's got blue eyes. Yeah, right. Even the one in the 70s, Jesus of Nazareth. Yep. That British actor, blue eyes. Like yep. really bright blue eyes. And I don't... And I even don't. paintings with Adam and Eve looking like white. Yes. You know. Yeah. How silly. It's uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, there's another... Think about, gosh, we could we could do a whole thing on... Christmas songs. Yeah. I was just thinking mm-hmm. about the silent mm-hmm. night, holy night. Like, what would have been silent about the birth of a baby? <laughs> right. I Mary mean, probably was not silent. Was not silent. And uh, babies are typically not silent once they're nope. born. And so, and I, I think it's so wild that in that song, it's like we're supposed to honor the fact that Jesus was such a good little baby, no crying he made. Like, right. So his Apgar score was not great then, I guess. <laughs> like, he, yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, that's just such such a silliness that when we yeah. apply that and that kind of stuff, it, um, isn't there a new song that came out that not that long ago that starts with like it was not a silent night, there was blood upon the floor. Oh, uh, there's a song that goes like that, yeah. a Christmas, yes. Christmas song. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. Um, and again, I think going to Israel makes you feel more real. Like this, this really happened. Like yeah. It oh was yeah. Real events. Like this is actually the. It's because it's no longer just pictures or paintings or movies. That would be interesting. So someone, someone out there who is wrestling with and being in the midst of deconstruction, mm-hmm. if Israel ever opens its borders again, mm. it'd be good to, it'd be an interesting experience to take someone in the midst of yeah. deconstruction to Israel and see if that impacts yeah. the gritty, dirty yeah. reality of it that yeah. helps. Um, and I love that what you're saying is like, as you deconstruct and really find, you know, deconstruct, reconstruct. Yeah finding the the real beauty of the truth. I mean, to me, I, I haven't been to Israel yet, but mm-hmm. I can imagine it's like, God, you didn't come to a clean stable. Right. You you came to this. They didn't even come to you a know? clean era. Exactly. And so it's like, that. that's amazing. You know, it's yeah. like you could have come now when there's medical, you know, yep. you know technology, but you didn't. And I don't know. There, there's so much incredible beauty and humility in that, and so that that's really cool. Are, are there any other things you want to deconstruct um, that I, you think would be beneficial? You know, recently, I think those are great. I've seen this the this war on Christmas idea. Okay, and and I guess that would be more of a political deconstruction that I don't I don't understand the the fear somehow. I mean, even when I was a kid, I remember people getting mad about Xmas. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. There's the, the symbol <clears throat> right. for X instead of it, and not knowing that that's just the Latin abbreviation for Christ, mm-hmm. and so people would freak out like, "Oh, they're You're pulling it out, it out." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, crossing like railroad crossing. So yeah. you've <laughs> got to have a symbol for anything that's about Jesus, Christ, cross. You have to have a symbol. Like, I mean, but that is the that's the what the Kai, whatever this, and the, uh, I may be wrong on that, but the, the the symbol, the X symbol. That is the symbol that's used as the abbreviation for right. cross or Christ. And yeah. So that that's not it. Literally, just saves space. It's not intended. Well, at the root, it's not intended right. to be offensive. I don't know each person's heart, but I, I, you hear you know nowadays it does seem silly that we're so. I mean, there was just news this week about I think in the EU them putting out something about not you know not everyone is Christian, so don't use Christmas names and new words and. When you're telling a story from Christmas, don't use the word Maria. Use some other name or whatever. Which uh, this did that did not go over well in yeah. Europe. Italy was less than pleased at the thought of we're not supposed to use the name Maria. Maria. And so, <laughs> um, it got blasted and torn to pieces, even among like in the French government, which is 
very secular. They yeah. blew it apart. Like mm. this is just silliness. But I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm not afraid of some war on Christmas. I'm, and I've not. I've never been. That's never overly concerned me. I'm much, much more concerned. In my mind, the war on Christmas is is Christians celebrating Christmas and not celebrating right. Christ right. in the midst of him, or much less the rest of the year. So yeah. Yep. That to me seems much more dangerous. Um, there's a few other little ones like uh, people think that Christmas there's much more depression and suicide around Christmas, and that's not necessarily the case. Mm. There's the special kind of grieving of the loss of family around holidays, but mm. um, suicide numbers don't don't really spike during that time. But I, I don't know that those are really biblical. Yeah, but uh, int- but interesting around well, that. Uh, that's that's a lot of the ones I've got. Do you have any other? We do, no, I did want to, you mentioned St. Nicholas. I, I think yes. it is fascinating that he, the, the actual St. Nicholas, uh, was at the Council of Nicaea yeah. because he loved Jesus so much, and right. he was really distraught by Arius and his that's wrong right. views of Jesus, who Arius thought basically that, same as Jehovah's Witness today, that he was a uh, created being. A created being, right. And uh, depending on which... Uh, Account you read, he either walked over and slapped or punched Arius <laughs> right, right. during the council. Like yeah, he was really. so fed up with this heresy of this guy. So I like reminding my kids the real Saint Nicholas loves Jesus, and right. it's he knows that it's not about him. Man, hardcore um, Santa. Yeah, that's the. Uh, you see those shirts that yeah. say, you know, I, I'm Saint Nicholas is here to hand out gifts and punch heretics, and, he, <laughs> yeah, and he's and all I out of gifts. Out of gifts. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, so if you read, apparently. Reading through that, it isn't what it wasn't that he was a hot-tempered guy. It's that Arius had a a hymn he had written, and it was he and his student were there. They had a hymn he had written that portrayed Jesus as a created being, mm-hmm. and Arius kept singing the hymn over other people trying to defend mm-hmm. the more traditional view of Jesus as God. And apparently, Arius was just making a real jerk of himself in the midst of this and that's what that is apparently uh-huh. what motivated nicholas to walk up and and he wouldn't be silenced right. and so nicholas apparently silenced him and i think he got in trouble like <laughs> yeah, he, got he did dismissed, but then he got brought back yeah exactly but again <laughs> and these are guys again the council of nicaea is right after persecution actually ends yeah and so you've get you've got people showing up bishops and stuff who have been tortured i mean for yeah. their faith like they've been yep they've gone through so much stuff but as soon as it's they're willing to show up and, and again, take a stand for what they had been taking a stand for. But, again, I just love the reminder that St. Nicholas really was yeah. uh, was great. Yeah, and yeah. apparently and was known for being extremely generous, uh-huh. very gentle and kind in general when he wasn't punching heretics. And, and loving Jesus. That's right. Maybe and, maybe under reindeer? We don't know. <laughs> exactly. Jury's still out on that. Question. Yeah, because <laughs> that's a mixture, the, the modern-day... Santa Claus is a mixture of a kind of a Father Christmas, mm-hmm. Father Winter character, and Saint Nicholas, and they're all mixed together. And right. um, anyway, okay. Spo- spoiler alert. That's great. Sorry. Should, well, hey, comment. But this is great. Deconstructing so Christmas. Yeah, and and instead reconstructing what really was there and learning it's it's better. Yeah, yeah. And I I yeah I love it. And yeah. learning these stories make a lot of sense to me, and and they help me. Um. So that's a good example. Yeah. What did you do? This is related, but also still a side note. But it. this might help. Did you do the Santa Claus thing with your kids? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, I actually have an article. So again, if there are young ears listening, Uh-oh. really young ears listening, <laughs> um, now might be a time to to take a break, take the AirPods yeah, exactly. out, exactly. Take the air. Let the let the uh, 
let the little ones dismiss you know, go, go dismiss them for a moment. <laughs> so I'll give you a few seconds to uh, to remove young ears that, that don't want to hear about how we right. handled old St. Nicholas at our house. Okay, so that's enough time. Now, yeah, you could have pressed pause. Um, exactly. So um, I actually do have an article written about this. We do We do the whole Santa Claus deal. And we get gifts from Santa Claus and all the way up, uh, the children do. We never do the naughty list, nice list. We okay. stay away from that. Okay. Because I think that communicates a totally different message that we don't believe in. The way we unpack that in proper time is we talk about the idea of giving gifts in somebody else's name. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we talk about how we've been inspired and how our culture is inspired by the generosity of St. Nicholas. And we teach who he was. And then we say we've been inspired by that. So in honor of the type of person he was, we now give gifts to each other as if they're from St. Nicholas. Right. And because of his the type of man he was and, and the honor he deserves with that. And that just he just became linked to this. And it's kind of like that's also when we break to them that their grandparents probably haven't bought them a gift in a while. Grandparents send us money and <laughs> right. we buy them a gift. And so sometimes that's the case. Now that depends on year to year. Some years grandparents do it. But it's how did, the same how thing. did your kids re- react? They all thought it was hilarious. They all loved it. Oh, every really? okay. so far, every one of them has loved it, and um, and it's been kind of funny. We've we've it's a little sophisticated when we talk about it, and so I don't remember who it was. Ginger would know if she was here, but at least one of them we told them the whole thing, and they're like, "Oh, okay, got it, yes." And the next year, they clearly had not got it. <laughs> they were like, they were like, still, still, like, no, I believe type of. So now you wait till they're fifteen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mark um, still doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. Don't yeah, don't tell Mark about this. The um the but it, it has been great and we talk about the difference between, you know, the re- reality of mm-hmm. of who Saint Nicholas was and the fact that we honor him by giving gifts in his name and we have fun with it. Right. And the reality of there really was a guy and how that's different from what we teach about Jesus and yep. And that kind of stuff. And the reason I ask, so I, we actually, our family didn't with my kids. Right. We still obviously did gifts or whatever. But um, part of it was, I think, a reaction to right after we had gotten married, Katie, that last year before we got married was a school teacher. She got in trouble at her school for talking about Jesus at Christmas. Right. Public school. But she would ask the kids, all right, who knows what Christmas is about on, with the intent exactly of, right. I'm gonna, so they share, then I get to share. But so many of them were all about Santa Claus and gifts right. and stuff. And then, of course, one little kid would be like, the birth of our Lord and Savior. Like, yeah. She's like, you're right. Like She would <laughs> yeah, make exactly. that a big deal, but she got in trouble for it. So we decided we weren't going to do that. We were going to talk about the real St. Nicholas. Right. And then, But we told our kids, but don't, don't ruin this yes, for anybody exactly. else. But the thing that convinced me, actually, and this is almost related to this. I don't know if it's related to deconstruction, but... One guy, I remember him telling me the story where when his kid said, is Santa for real? Yeah. His first response was he wasn't ready for it. And so he kind of was like yeah. a political answer, like, oh, what do you mean by that? Like, exactly. how, how would you define it? Like, he didn't want to. Because I remember when I was. How define is. I remember, yeah. When I asked my mom, I remember where I was when she, when I asked right. her that question. Um, It's a funny story, too. I saw two different Santa Clauses in the mall. And yes. I was like, what? And then. <laughs> The one whose lap I did sit on, his beard, apparently his mustache was coming off a little bit. And it was almost like Elf where I was like, right. he's a phony. You know, exactly. in my mind. Sit on a throne of lies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but this dad said, um, he set his son down, or his son asked him that, and he finally said, no, Santa's not for real. And um, a little bit later, his son came back and said, dad, 
are we one day going to have this same talk about Jesus? Exactly. And that's where the dad was like, oh, my goodness. Because yep. now he felt like it's a matter of credibility. Right. Like, are my kids going to believe this thing? Because I've been talking, you know, Santa can do all these amazing things. Right. And God can do all these amazing things, but is it just... Right. So anyways, we ended up not, but... Yep. And it's, I don't know that there's a, I think it all comes down to, as it so often does, how you handle it, right. how families handle it. How are it. you communicating it yep. to? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, if if it is a, if, if it comes across as like, I've been lied to right. versus let me explain what's been going on. Right. Yeah. And it's more like a surprise party. I mean, yes, we did not tell you the whole truth, but it was for your benefit. And there is a truth behind this that we want to unpack with yeah. you. Right. They seem a lot. The feedback I get is good. It's when it is. It's when it. And and I have actually had clients who, uh, as a therapist, who really struggled with my parents lied to me. Mm-hmm. And but then you discover, I mean, their parents were liars. I mean, their parents were his. Were were this was a repetitive Another, issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they didn't ever teach it. It was just like, no kid, deal with it. You know, mm-hmm. and bring me my cigarettes. Type of like it's a. It was a not a not issue. Not yeah. well handled. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it's a, uh, it, it is important. And one of our, by the way, one of our little, little rules is, um, uh, is that we, we don't directly answer when they ask. Mm. They were like, well, you know, what do you think? And let's talk about yeah. it. And, and so that, that, that later on, there's not this, I remember when you said, flat I, I out, <laughs> I asked you point blank, point blank <laughs> I asked you. <laughs> And, uh, and so we just have, we have fun with it. And then by the way, we, we wrangle the older kids in when you wrangle them in with the younger kids oh, yeah. and say, now you get to be a part of, of having fun with this. Um, anyway, I, I, um, it is, a, I think it is a, a risk and we actually, um, those of you who aren't obviously around it, we actually have inflatable Santas and reindeer and snowmen and, and nativity scene around our children's building. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we wrestled with was, okay, we're going to be watching for, is there a risk of uh, people come to church and experience something not credible, not reliable? Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of wrestled with it, but as always, it seems like it's the adults who are wrestling with it, not the mm. children at yeah. this stage. Maybe they will, but um, but it's it has the same feel of, I mean, the nativity scene I grew up with was a lie, as we just talked about. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> How do you help... How do you help your children deconstruct Santa? Is that probably a very healthy conversation? Right. How do you do it well? And then I'm actually kind of liking this theme that when when something gets taken away from you, mm. what what gets added? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that's part of why for us it wasn't a big deal because yeah, Santa Claus got taken from me, but Saint Nicholas and generosity was given in its place. Right. Yep. Um so maybe that's part of the confusion for people. Yeah. And good I think question. related to that, that's a really good point. I mean, I think we've been saying this, maybe not as clearly as that right there, that a lot of people, it is trendy or sexy or whatever to deconstruct. Uh-huh. And it's always kind of, even in a, in a probably prideful way, to be always the philosopher, always the skeptic, always the mm-hmm. never land the plane, because then you then you sound like you arrived or it's you're no or you understand. Yeah. Right, right, right. But that's actually... It's okay to do that if the if the truth is pointing in that direction, you can land the plane there. Right, and um, I think that's the challenge that why we are even calling this reconstructed faith. Right, is that we're assuming you're wanting to come up with something that is worth believing in. Right, and we're offering that to you, or that's what we're going to be doing, not just saying stop deconstructing, but right, just to remind people that 
anyone can be skeptical and ask really, really tough questions, but are you willing to think and are you willing to think hard and, uh-huh. yeah, and, and keep digging and, and build. keep digging? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's to not as easy. Rebuild from what you took down. Mm-hmm. And I do think this was a, that was such a big deal for me was when I realized straight from scripture, I think my dad helped with this, but most people around me didn't straight from scripture, realizing this is a God who's not afraid of me deconstructing because he has something better. And we didn't use the word deconstruction when I was doing it. We right. just called it doubting or questioning mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And once I realized that through the teachings of Scripture, through the teachings of Jesus himself, much less a couple of times when Apostle Paul says, like, test it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for it. Check it out. And, and when I realized this is a God of truth, and therefore, if he is a God of truth, he would want me to believe the truth and therefore would be a claim to have the truth. Um, I think that's a, mm-hmm. that, that set me very much so free and when I start, you've heard me, you guys have probably heard me say, like I'll come, when I'm teaching or something, I'll come across a passage and, and I'll be thinking, what, what is this? this? This makes no sense to me. I've been amazed over the years how often those become my favorites. Yeah. Um, because if you're willing to build with that stuff, there's some amazing stuff there. So anyway, that's probably good. Yeah. Merry Christmas, man. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructive Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at southspring.org. Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up. Trust God. Search for answers.